book six chapter five of the heavenly twins this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the heavenly twins by sarah g chapter five colonel cahoon called next day himself to explain his absence on the previous evening i forget what excuse he made but it sufficed i saw evadne too that same afternoon she had been to make a call in the neighbourhood and was waiting at a little country station to return by train something peculiar in her attitude attracted my attention before i recognised her she was standing alone at the extreme end of the platform her slender figure silhouetted with dark distinctness against the sloping evening sky she might have been waiting anxiously for some one to come that way or she might have been waiting for a train with tragic purpose she wore a long dark green dress the train of which she was holding up in her left hand she showed no surprise when i spoke to her although she had not heard me approach what do the people here think of me she asked abruptly what do they say they have yet to discover your faults i answered she compressed her lips and looked down the line again that is my train i think she said presently when i had put her into a carriage she shook hands with me thanking me gravely then threw herself back in her seat and was borne away that was literally all that passed between us yet she left me standing there staring after her stupidly and curiously impressed there was always a suggestion of something unusual about her which piqued my interest and kept it alive during the summer and autumn i met her at various places and saw her also in her own house and she seemed so far as an outsider could judge as happily situated as most women of her station and not at all likely to require any special service at the hands of a friend her husband was a good deal older than herself but the disparity made no apparent difference to their comfort when he was absent she never talked about him but when he was present she treated him with unvarying consideration and they appeared together everywhere mindful of my promise to lady adeline i showed them both every attention in my power i called regularly and colonel cahoon as regularly returned my calls sometimes bringing evadne with him the winter that year came upon us suddenly and sharply and until it set in i had only seen her under the most ordinary circumstances but at the beginning of the cold weather she had an illness which was the means of my learning to know more of her true character and surroundings in a few days than i should probably have done in years of mere social intercourse i stopped for a moment one morning as i drove past as you like it to leave her some flowers and her own maid who opened the door showed me upstairs to a small sitting-room the antechamber to another room beyond at the door of which she knocked i heard no answer but the girl entered and announced me i followed her in and found myself face to face with evadne she was in bed the maid withdrew closing the door after her what nonsense is this i am exceedingly sorry doctor evadne exclaimed feebly that stupid girl must have thought that you were coming to see me professionally but oh 
do let me look at the flowers and she stretched out her left hand for them offering me her right at the same time to shake and burying her face and her embarrassment together her hand was hot and dry i don't require you in the least doctor she assured me looking up brightly from the flowers but i am very glad to see you why are you in bed i asked responding cheerfully to this cheerful greeting oh i have a little cold she answered i drew a chair to the bedside laid my hand on her wrist and watched her closely as i questioned her cough incessant respiration rapid temperature high i judged pulse a hundred twenty how long have you had this cold i asked about a week she said it makes me ache all over you know and that is why i am in bed to-day i saw at once that she was seriously ill and i also saw that she was bearing up bravely and making as little of it as possible why isn't your fire lit i asked oh i never thought of having one she answered and what is that you are drinking cold water well you mustn't drink any more cold water or anything else cold until i give you leave i ordered and don't try to talk i will come and see you again by and by i went downstairs to look for colonel cahoon and found him just about to start for barracks i am sorry to say your wife is very ill i said she has an attack of acute bronchitis and it may mean pneumonia as well i have not examined her chest she must have fires in her room and a bronchitis kettle at once don't let the temperature get below seventy degrees till i see her again her maid can manage for a few hours i suppose but you had better telegraph for a nurse one should be here before night what a damned nuisance these women are cahoon answered cheerfully there's always something the matter with them i returned between five and six in the evening walked in and not seeing anybody about went up to evadne's sitting-room the door leading into the bedroom was open and i entered she was alone and had propped herself up in bed with pillows the difficulty of breathing had become greater and she found relief in that attitude she looked at me with eyes unnaturally large and solemn as i entered and it was a full moment before she recognized me the fires had not been lighted in either of the rooms and she was evidently much worse why haven't these fires been lighted i demanded this is only october she answered jesting and we don't begin fires till november i rang the bell emphatically do not trouble yourself doctor she remonstrated gently what does it matter i went out into the sitting-room to meet the maid as she entered why haven't these fires been lighted i asked again i don't know sir she answered i received no orders about them where is colonel cahoon he went out after breakfast sir and has not come back yet has the nurse arrived no sir well light these fires at once i don't light fires sir she said drawing herself up it isn't my work whose work is it i demanded either of the housemaids sir but they're both out she answered ogling me pertly i own that i was exasperated and i showed it in such a way that she fled precipitately i followed her downstairs to find the butler i happened to know the man his wife had been in my service 
and i had attended her through a severe illness since her marriage do you know if there's such a thing as a sensible woman in this establishment williamson i demanded well sir the cook's sensible when she's sober he answered pinching his chin dubiously does she happen to be sober now he glanced at the clock i'll just see sir he said when he returned he announced with perfect gravity that she was passable sober but busy with the dinner then look here i exclaimed out of all patience we must do it ourselves yes sir he said anything i can do when i explained the difficulty he suggested sending for his wife who could manage he thought until the trained nurse arrived and help her afterward it was a good idea and my man was dispatched to bring her immediately they're a bad lot o oh servants the women in this ouse at present williamson informed me the missus didn't choose em erself and he shook his head significantly but she knows what's what and they're going that's why they're taken advantage i returned to evadne her eyes were closed and her forehead contracted every breath of cold air was cutting her lungs like a knife but she looked up at me when i took her hand and smiled i never knew anybody so patient and uncomplaining she was lying on a little iron bedstead hard and narrow as a camp bed the room was bare-looking the floor being polished and with only two small rugs one at the fireplace and one beside the bed upon it it looked like a nun's cell and there was a certain suggestion of purity in the sweetness and order of it quite consistent with the idea but it was a north room and very cold evadne had unconsciously clasped my hand and dozed off for a few minutes holding it tight but the cough rearoused her when she looked at me again her mind was wandering she knew me but she did not know what she was saying i am so thankful she exclaimed the peace of mind the peace of mind i cannot tell you what a relief it is williamson came in on tiptoe and lit the fire and evadne's maid followed him in and stood looking on half sheepishly and half in defiance i noticed now that she was a hard-faced bold-looking girl not at all the sort of person to have about my delicate little lady and when mrs williamson arrived i ordered her out of the room and never allowed her to enter it again during the week she left altogether and i was fortunately able to procure a suitable woman to wait upon mrs cahoon she has been with her ever since by the way i felt pretty sure by this time that no nurse had been sent for and i therefore dispatched one of colonel cahoon's men in a dog-cart to morning quest to telegraph for one but she could not arrive before daylight even by special train and it had now become a matter of life and death and as mrs williamson had no knowledge of nursing to help her good will i determined to spend the night beside my patient when colonel cahoon came in and found me making myself at home in his house he expressed himself greatly pleased when i returned this afternoon to see how mrs cahoon was progressing i found that none of my orders had been carried out and now she is dangerously ill i said severely faith he replied changing countenance i am very sorry to hear it 
and i'm afraid i'm to blame for i was in the deuce of a hurry when i saw you this morning and never thought of a word you said from that moment to this now i'm genuinely sorry he repeated is there nothing i can do mrs orton beg she's gone abroad for the winter ah to be sure and everybody else is away who would be of any use i added and i therefore propose if you have no objection to stay here to-night myself you'd oblige me greatly by doing so he answered earnestly i don't know what there is for dinner but i shall enjoy it all the more myself for the pleasure of your company he made no special inquiries about his wife's condition and never went near her but as he was in a tolerably advanced state of intoxication before he retired for the night it was quite as well perhaps mrs williamson had probably done her day's work before i sent for her and with all the will in the world to wake and watch she fell fast asleep before midnight and i let her sleep there were only the fires to be attended to at least that was all that i could have trusted her to do watching the case generally and seizing opportune moments to administer remedies would not have been in her line at all evadne knew me always but she lost all count of time you seem to come every day now doctor she said once during the night and i am glad to see you for two hours toward dawn when the temperature is sensibly lower i gave my little lady up but she was better by the time the trained nurse arrived and eventually she pulled through greatly owing i am sure to her own perfect patience she was always the same all through her illness gentle uncomplaining grateful for every trifle that was done for her and tranquillity herself my impression was that she enjoyed being ill i never saw a symptom of depression the whole time but when she had quite recovered and although as often happens after a severe illness when so-called trifles are discovered and checked which would otherwise have been allowed to run on until they grew serious although for this reason she was certainly stronger than she had ever been since i became acquainted with her no sooner did she resume her accustomed habits than that old unsatisfactory something in her which it was so easy to perceive but so difficult to define returned in full force i had ceased to be critical however colonel cahoon's careless neglect of her had continued throughout her illness and i thought i understood End of book six chapter five